the gospel that births freedom. Did we receive it or just say yes to it? Romans 1, 16-17 For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. Galatians 1, to 12 For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 5 For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. I want to look at the links between these passages of Scripture because there are essential truths being declared and we must seek and pursue the reality that exists here. The gospel, the good news, is to have an incredible impact on our lives. The gospel is to propel us from one life into a brand new life. It is to take us from being dead in sin to alive in Christ. The gospel is to take us from who we were to whom we are to become. The gospel is to take us from being completely lost to being completely found and knowing the full life in Christ. Lost and completely helpless to fix this reality, to being found and reconciled in Christ. What an incredible reality. Lost to found in Christ. Bondage to freedom in Christ. Has the church received this gospel? Does the church know this gospel? Is the church living in the reality of this gospel? Has the church moved from being lost to being truly found? Have we been set free from the bondage and are now free? And I mean free. Let's start with Romans 1, 16 to 17. Paul says he is not ashamed of the gospel. What is the gospel that Paul is not ashamed of? The gospel is the good news, and the good news is Jesus Christ and everything that is found and contained in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Word, so the good news is everything contained in the Word. We have limited the gospel to just Jesus dying and resurrecting, but it is so much more than this. Jesus came to seek and save all that was lost. Paul is not ashamed of Jesus Christ, for he is completely aware of what Jesus has done for him and the life Jesus died to bring him into. The Bible says the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. 1 Corinthians 1.24 says Jesus is the power of God to those who are called both Jews and Greeks. Look at what Romans says. The gospel is the power for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel, the good news, is about Jesus. Jesus himself is the power that saves man and continues to save man. Paul preached the gospel, Jesus and Jesus crucified, which was a stumbling block and foolishness to the Greek and the Jew. But to those Jews and Greeks who were called, it was the power and wisdom of God. Paul has first-hand experience of this truth. Paul has experienced this breathtaking, life-changing reality, and his life is the demonstration of this new way. 
He was lost completely and now he is found. Paul has a clear reference for his new life and he declares in Philippians 3, his life was but rubbish compared to his newfound life in Christ. When we experience this gospel, the good news, God's version of it, and we receive it the way God intends, we too will not be ashamed of this life-changing reality, for we will know the life of it and how amazing this life is. Our problem as man is that we compartmentalize everything. We separate all things, including God's truth, and wonder why we are not in the corresponding life of his truth. We think the gospel is separate from Jesus, and they are two separate things, not realizing they are one one position. We do this with the spirit and truth, and think it is two positions when it is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one, is truth we need to have revealed in us. The Thessalonians received the gospel in the fullness of life, word, spirit, power, full conviction, four elements that make up one gospel. How many followers have received Jesus Christ, the gospel, in word only? Without these other elements, we won't have in us the life of the gospel Christ, and we will more than likely continue to try and come into his life through the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world is the learning ways of the world, and this doesn't bring us any life. 1 Corinthians 1, 21, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. The receiving of the one who the message of death to life is all about, the gospel, Christ himself, is the power for all those being saved. 1 Corinthians 1, 18, In who we believe. To believe is to carry a deep-rooted conviction, to be fully convinced. To all those who don't believe, it is a stumbling block and it is foolishness. It is a stumbling block and foolishness because people only hear it in word only, through the mind. When we receive it in the four elements, it impacts us and births his life in us. Paul came preaching the gospel because he had received the gospel. If we haven't received the gospel the way Paul did, then I suggest we are not to preach it, as we won't be able to communicate the fullness of what it is. Paul received the gospel in word, power, Holy Spirit, full conviction, because the gospel he received was through the revelation of Jesus Christ himself. Paul received the revelation of Jesus Christ with him. Paul said he didn't come preaching the gospel in cleverness of speech, 1 Corinthians 1.17, or persuasive words of wisdom, 1 Corinthians 2.4, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. He came as the demonstration of the Spirit's power to change a life. His very life is the model, the demonstration, the type, the example of the message of the gospel. Paul is the demonstration of the gospel at work. He went from Saul to being Paul. He went from being lost to being found. His very life is the embodiment of the gospel, the receiving of Jesus Christ within him, the one who said, I am the resurrection and the life. He is saying, look at the changes of my life as the example of God's wisdom, God's way, the gospel, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of man, 
which cannot come to know God, but on the power of God. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4 and 5 and 1 Corinthians 1 21. The power of God to change a life. The greatest miracle is the power of a changed life from someone to go from being dead to life, lost to found. Once again, the Bible says the gospel is the power of God for salvation. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live by faith in Jesus Christ, who is the wisdom and power of God. The Bible says Jesus is the power of God. Paul received Christ through the power of revelation, and it was this that brought the gospel to life in him. The gospel, this gospel, is to perform this exact same work in us continuously. Only then will we be having Christ's life being formed in us. It is from this new position that Paul now starts to speak, and it is also and must be the position in which we are to speak. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 6 Yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature, a wisdom, however, not of this age. It is the gospel that starts us on this incredible journey, this relationship with Jesus of faith. We are all to live by faith in the Son. It's the knowing and continuous revelation of Jesus within us that empowers and enables us to become the sons, the church, the body, the bride he is calling us to be. We will now look at verse 17 of Romans 1 as this passage starts to reveal to us the power of what the gospel will do when we receive God's version of it the way God intends. Verse 17, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. The gospel will bring us into the truth and reality of how right we are before God. It's the receiving of this living, transformational substance, this food source, Jesus himself that births this new identity in us. Through the receiving of the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed in us, and this right standing before the Father continues to increase from one measure of faith to another. Romans 5 verse 10, For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, how much more, having been reconciled, we shall also be saved by his life. The gospel brings to life in us just how right we are in our Father's eyes. We are free and being made free, and we are to live from this abundant measure of freedom. When we know how right we have been made, everything starts to shift in our lives. We are no longer trying to change our behavior through self-effort and strength and trying to make or improve ourselves, we come into the reality that we belong just as we already are. Because we know we belong, we start to believe our Heavenly Father and what He says truth is. We start to believe Him and His ways and no longer our own ways, which lead our behavior to change. We belong to believe and then our behavior changes. Notice how the behavior is the last part of this process. We don't try and change our behavior. It will naturally align itself when we enter into this process by the receiving, hearing, accepting, and believing of the spiritual word of God through revelation. The more we know the gospel, the more we come into righteousness. 
right standing and alignment with God in all areas. Notice how it says the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The more of the gospel we are receiving and living from, the more we realize just how free we are and are becoming. This is because our faith, the ability to see and receive the unseen, is increasing. We are seeing and receiving God's truth and living from this position, this position of abundant, eternal life in us. This is the position we are to live our lives from. The last part of this verse says, the righteous shall live by faith. We are to live our lives from this ever-increasing measure of faith. Remember, faith is the ability to see and receive the unseen. Because of the gospel, we are constantly receiving through revelation, which causes us to realize how free we actually are. When we come to realize how free we can be and are because of the gospel, our lives now reflect this level of freedom. We can be so free it becomes a problem because all those who aren't living in this freedom can be made to feel insecure and threatened by the freedom that one walks in. The religious spirit is exposed by the spirit that is free. To be set free from every fleshly attachment is an incredible blessing as it releases you from the magnetic pull of the earth and has you living for him wholeheartedly. You no longer have others at the center of your heart and you no longer entrust these people with your heart. You are free to truly now live for him and his will. You no longer live for possessions and things desiring to live for yourself. People and possessions are no longer your foundation and what you trust in. Jesus has become both. You have been realigned by the gospel and are now living in accordance to the way the son lived his life. We are living in an alignment to the truth. As Jesus was on the earth, we are to be. The second question I want to ask us is, how are we to receive the gospel? This is the all-important question. How do we receive the gospel that does this incredible work of transformation in us, knowing that the power is all in the seed that is sown? The way we are to receive it is the way God intended and intends it, and it also must be his version of the gospel, the good news, and not our man-made version of the gospel, our good news. The other gospel or another gospel is not a brand new story of good news, but it is our version of the gospel. This is what makes it a different gospel, 2 Corinthians 11 verse 4 and Galatians 1 to 7. It becomes our version of his truth, our version of his words, and our way that we receive his words. Galatians 1.12 is very clear and explicit on how we must receive the gospel and where. Paul received the gospel through receiving a revelation of Jesus Christ. This is how we are to receive the gospel. Once again, the gospel being the entire good news of who Jesus is and what he has accomplished and what he has opened up for us to receive and live from. The gospel comes alive in us and does a powerful work in us when we receive it through the revelation of Jesus himself. Jesus brings the good news about himself alive in us. It's Christ, the power of God, that ignites the action or message of God and the words of God. This is the way to receive the gospel. If we don't receive it like this, then we won't have the corresponding life operating in us, which the gospel is predetermined to accomplish. 
we won't live with the corresponding actuality of just how right we are in God's eyes. We will be void of its power operating in us. Just like the passage says, we will have a form of godliness, but lack its power. We will always be learning, but never coming into the knowledge of God. 2 Timothy 3. We will have only received it in word only, but without the three elements which 1 Thessalonians 5 speaks of. If we want the life that the gospel brings, we must receive it like this. It is not enough to just listen to words describing the truth and make a decision based on the words we are hearing. This would be to receive the gospel in word only. We must receive it in the four elements, the dynamics which the Bible teaches. Word, power, Holy Spirit, full conviction. Anything less than this means we are not receiving the gospel the way God intends and the way he has designed it to. So we won't have the life that the gospel is intended to bring, the indestructible life in Christ. Receiving the gospel in word only will not be enough to transform us and bring us into the life of Jesus within us. We won't live from our new identity as a new creation if the gospel has only come to us in word only. It's a start, but it is just that, a start. Some people didn't even receive it in word only. The Jews that didn't receive the truth consider it a stumbling block, and the Greek considers it foolishness. They didn't even start on the process of coming into the gospel life and remain lost and unreconciled to God. Those who have received the gospel in word only are justified, sanctified by Christ, but they lack the corresponding life of Christ operating within them. They lack the ability to demonstrate the life Jesus demonstrated, and they are constantly trying to receive the gospel, the good news, through the agency of the world, the flesh, man. A third question, what are the consequences of not receiving the gospel? What these people can do is do works for Jesus but they do these works in their own strength. They are not flowing from the power of God operating from within them, but human effort and strength. And these people tend to get burned out and disillusioned with their relationship with Christ. They tend to be motivated and driven by what they do for Jesus as opposed to who they are in Christ. Their purpose and identity is in their works for Christ and not a love for Christ. They don't know this love because they have only received the gospel in word only. Their faith rests on the wisdom of man, self, or words. Their purpose becomes about what they do and not who they are to become and let their doing flow from their becoming. So all that is done flows from this new life of being within them. This is the place and posture of faith, rest, freedom, and life because we have received the gospel in these four elements and we are no longer entangled in doing works from our own strength and ability. We are no longer also doing any works, but only spirit-led and spirit-centered works done the way God intends. We only are involved in the works God sends us to and not on what we just see. A fourth question, what fruit does the gospel birth? The gospel takes a person from being lost and makes them found. The gospel takes a person from being Saul and births and forms Paul. 
the gospel propels us into a brand new identity in life and it creates the ability to now live this new life out. The gospel births the fruit of the Spirit and the enablement to love like Jesus Christ and to be perfected in oneness or unity. Anyone can do works through human effort and strength and look good doing good works, but what no one can do without Christ is to create and form an indestructible eternal life within them and live from this place, not towards it. This is what the gospel accomplishes in us. This is why Paul is not ashamed of the gospel. He has first-hand experience and knowledge of how he has gone from living as Saul to becoming and living as Paul. He has personally experienced the transformational power of the gospel and is continuing to. We see his heart for everyone to experience this indestructible eternal life within them in Galatians 4.19 where he says, He is in labor again until Christ is formed and established within them. He also says he wants to see the church be made complete in Colossians 1.27-29. Paul himself is the demonstration of the power of the gospel unto salvation. Salvation is a process of transformation into the image of God, Christ, that the church is to enter into and live from. Paul said he didn't come with persuasive words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that their faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Our faith must rest on God's power to create, birth, and a faith is established that we live by and not man's wisdom. Man's wisdom is all about man's ways to try and comprehend and understand God. The power of God, the power of the gospel is what was changing Paul, not the wisdom of the world that he had been building his life on. This is a very clear, powerful truth that all of us must live by. So many followers just think the gospel and the power is to save, justify a person from the eternity in hell. But it is the way, way, way more than that. It's the power to change a person from the inside out. The gospel creates and forms Christ's life on the inside of us. Let's have a look at the fruit of living from the wisdom of man as Saul was. Saul's fruit, killing the church and having the church imprisoned. He was in direct opposition to God and God's ways, even though he thought he was doing the right thing. He was full of pride. He was legalistic and very religious in his relationship with God according to the law. He looked down upon people and was all about attaining the highest position in the Sanhedrin. Paul or Saul was full of his own importance and he was living for his own advancement in the religious system. Paul or Saul was very much living for himself and defining God and his truth through the lens of self, even though he had no idea of this until he was literally apprehended and arrested in his tracks. If we don't receive God's version of his gospel and receive it the way he intends and has designed it to be received, then we'll have our own version of the gospel and receive it our own way, which means we will live like Saul and not Paul. Instead of living a life of freedom, we will be a life in bondage. We know how to replicate the works of God really well, and this is where many sit. But what we cannot do is replicate this indestructible, powerful life that we are called to live from. Paul's fruit. Living for God and his people, Paul walked in humility of the Spirit and gave his life to see God glorified. 
His entire life was given to the advancement of the Father's will being done. Paul became one, if not the greatest example of a follower of Jesus. Hence he says, imitate me as I imitate the Christ. Paul knew how right he was and how right he'd been made through God. He knew that the blood of Jesus had cleansed him from his being a person of the old. He was now a son of righteousness by faith. The Bible says that the righteous shall live by faith. All those who have been made right by Christ live by faith in Christ and no longer live by faith in themselves. The gospel perverted, the different gospel. Galatians 1, 6-10 is Paul teaching about the dangers of receiving a different gospel from the one Paul preached. There were Jewish followers in Jesus who were teaching people that they still must keep certain ceremonial practices if they are to be a true disciples of Jesus. One of these was circumcision, which no longer meant anything, and Scripture declares this, but this didn't stop believers in Jesus influencing others to continue this certain practice. This very teaching is a different gospel to the one Paul was preaching, and Paul was amazed that people were deserting Christ and going back under the old way. In verse 7, Paul then says it is not really another gospel. Is this a contradiction? No, not at all. This was once something that was to be done in a particular time, while under a particular set of commandments. But now that Jesus is present, it was time for a particular set of commandments to be followed through obedience. The gospel is one continuous story, which is broken up into different segments in time. And we must be living our lives in alignment to the time frame we are to be living in, while always knowing that the spiritual dimension exists at the same time. As we know, Jesus fulfilled the requirements of the law on himself, so he became the way in which we are now to live. It is one continuous process. This is why Paul says it is not really another gospel, but a distortion of the gospel. It was appropriate for this particular time, but it is no longer appropriate for the time we are now living in. Verse 8 is very powerful because Paul says anyone who is preaching the gospel contrary to the one he is preaching is to be accursed. He goes on to say in verse 10 that if it was seeking the favor of man or trying to please man, he would not be a bondservant of Christ. Man preaches a different gospel to find favor with man. Man does this as a way of making Christ more appealing to man. Man does this because of his own insecurity and his need to accomplish his own desires, whatever they might be. This ultimately comes from a place of fear, and the root of fear is pride. Paul was 100% devoted and committed to declaring the whole purpose of God in accordance to God's vision and way of God's truth. He could only do this because Jesus was his teacher directly. When the Holy Spirit isn't your teacher directly, man becomes your teacher, man being yourself or another. And when this happens, you get a different gospel being taught. A different or another gospel is any way that is not God's way. There is only one way into abundant life, and if we try to enter into this abundant life any other way than the true gospel, Jesus Christ himself, then we are living from a different gospel. We are trying to enter into the pen another way. We are in fact a false teacher if we teach 
a different gospel. John 10.10, we are the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and we might not even know it. We have confused the thief with Satan when the thief is a false teacher, one of preachers, a different gospel, a different way into life of Christ. Verse 11, for I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. This was not Paul's original perspective. Paul or Saul was in fact a false teacher. Paul was someone who thought he was running in the right lane and doing it all the right way, only to discover he had it incredibly wrong. The amazing thing, and Paul testifies to this in 1 Timothy 1, 12-17, is that while Saul was like this and living like this, he was shown incredible mercy because of God's incredible grace and love. This was to demonstrate God's incredible patience. 1 Timothy 1, 13-14 Yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord was more than abundant, which the faith and the love which are found in Christ Jesus. The Father's grace, faith and love was covering Paul in the soul state. As God leads Paul out of the state through the power of revealing Jesus Christ in him, the true gospel, Paul now becomes a vessel that God is using to declare this message. Paul is no longer a false teacher, but a true ambassador of the Father, speaking and living as Christ did. He is now declaring the gospel that is a power of God to all those who are being saved. Just like Paul was persecuting the church, he is now the one persecuted for living godly. 2 Timothy 3.12 Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. All those who declare the true gospel and live it out will be persecuted for this. The more of truth Jesus we come into, we will upset all those living from the flesh. Our flesh hates the Spirit and is in opposition to the Spirit and will persecute those living in and by the Spirit. The extremes of persecution are number one, Flesh comes to physically kill those in the spirit. Two, flesh comes to destroy character and one's integrity. It tries to bring the person into distribute, causing many to doubt. Three, walks away from the person, breaks relationship. Four, ignores the person and is passively aggressive to that person. And five, hides and hopes it all goes away. Are we experiencing this type of persecution because we are living godly in Christ Jesus? Because of the gospel, the true gospel will cause freedom and life and opposition and death. 1 Corinthians 9.23 I do all things for the sake of the gospel, so that I may become a fellow partaker of it.